Namaste. So today, 13th of April is uh, celebrated as the Hindu New Year. But uh, it's if some of the, I mean, Hindus celebrate it as a New Year. There are others who have different days. So Hindus is not a one single, Hindus is by its nature is multiplicity <laughs> and <clears throat> it, but this one is called as the Vikrami Samvat and uh, very few people a lot of people are of course celebrating the new year they do not perhaps I think do not know the whole story behind it why this particular day what are the types of calendar so there is a lunar calendar and a solar calendar in both the western and the Indian context and as we know, lunar calendar is as per the moon and in the west is the Gregorian calendar where the lunar calendar, they add up the days. But in India, you don't add up the days, you continue. And uh, the um, Indian calendar, the Hindu calendar starts from the Vedic days when the Jyotishi was very much developed. And it used to come in different parts of India as something called as Panchang. I do not know whether many people in today's generation have seen it or not. So Panchang gives all kinds of dates, muhurta and the timing in great elaborate detail. Not easy to read through it. So uh, as the story goes that uh, this particular samvat started with uh, King Shalivahan. He was a great king without doubt. He ruled over Ayodhya and he um, defeated the Shaks and the Huns who were the invaders. So, in his, after this, his timing, this uh, whole thing started. But there is a little bit of um, issue about whether, why it is called as Vikrami Samvat. So, some people believe that Shalivahan was uh, one of the names of Vikramaditya. So, there is one of the stories based on which it is called as Vikrami Samvat. But equally, there are texts which say that King Salivan actually defeated Vikramaditya. So we really don't know what is the truth of the matter, but King Vikramaditya, Raja Bhoj and Shalivahan, they all belong to a great line of kings called Parmars who were, you know, who ruled over central parts of India at one point of time, right up to Maharashtra. And they were extremely brave and pious kings. So they were, they were a whole lineage of this kingdom. So in celebration of that victory, it is celebrated as the new year and it's usual to send greetings and wish etc. But uh, as we know that to everything we must give a new form because uh, the spirit, it should not be that the new year has begun and, and we continue to remain the old person. There must be a change. So uh, as I was contemplating on this, I wondered when did the new year of the Hindus begin? <laughs> so I could go back only to the uh, beginning after Pralaya, which is not only the new year for Hindus, but it's a new year when a, new, a whole new humanity comes into being. In India, there is a the conception of Pralaya. And after Pralaya, in Pralaya, there is an ice age. So, you know, we are talking about the ice age now. So there is an ice age. There have been six ice ages. And almost everything vanishes, almost everything. It's not correct to believe that, you know, everybody and everything goes and whole thing starts again because it's submerged in ice. But who survives? One, those who are, you know, really um, uh, sent mission by God to carry on the civilization forward. And those who are the, you know, great sages and seers who have learned the art 
and have mastered their breath, their body, they survive. So there is uh, a beautiful poem of Shirobindo, the Rishi, which speaks about one such ice age. And the interesting part is Shirobindo speaks of him as Rishi of the pole, the Arctic region which goes into ice. And at that point of time, there is Manu. Manu now, entire kingdom is gone. So he doesn't know. Now at one level, Manu is the king of the whole earth. <laughs> but a king without really a kingdom. So what is he supposed to do? And Manus are, according to Indian tradition, there are 14 Manus and each of them is designed, designated by God. Now what is meant by designated by God is not like there is a thunder and lightning and suddenly a man appears. What it means is that according to a kind of design of providence, there is someone who is placed during these crises in a way, who is given the charge of carrying the civilization forward and further. So for each age, there are supposed to be 14 Manus. For each age, there is a Manu. Manu literally means man, the thinker. So the thinker who must take it one step forward. And this, just for information, is the seventh Manu. And the seventh Manu is called a Shraddha. He is the faith. It's the age of faith, we can say. So he is the Shraddha Manu. And he has to take it forward. So in this poem, Shurabindu describes Manu when everything is submerged in Ice Age. And he meets this Rishi on the pole, Arctic Circle. Now this Arctic Circle is very interesting because according to one of the theories given by Lokman Tilak and Shurabindu doesn't negate it. He, Shurabindu says there was no Aryan invasion but he doesn't negate Aryan migration. There is a difference between migration and invasion. Invasion means there are two civilizations and one comes and conquers. Migration means there is a time when humanity all over the world was migrating and there were settlers coming and, you know, into any land. There was nothing like a nation and they were uh, creating pockets of civilization, much like how it will be now for the new age. As Shurabindu says that there will be many small little Gnostic communities coming up all over the world. And this Gnostic communities will one day coalesce together and there will be a Gnostic life. So similarly, there was an age when migrations were the way of life. So um, it's quite likely that uh, some of these Aryans, they migrated carrying this ancient knowledge of the Vedic um, age right through Russian, uh, what we today call as Russia, down the Himalayas into the Indian subcontinent and there is, there is good number of Sanskrit words in Russian language, lot of other things which you know um, earlier I have spoken about. So there, are, there is really an evidence that they came down the Russian, what we call today's Russia, some went towards Iran. In Iran also you had fire worship and many such things. If you Ahur Mazda, if you really look into aspects of Persian culture, now it's all changed because you know after the Islamic invasion, you will see roots of Aryan culture and roots of Vedic civilization. And then they came to the Indus Valley and then they spread out. So this is quite likely the way the Aryan migration took place. But uh, here right now is that before all this starts, Manu asks Rishi that I have to start this civilization again. So what is what do you advise me? So I suppose that is a very good way to start the new year that this is a new beginning altogether. So what is the command not of my resolution, somebody's resolution but the resolution, original resolution of the divine, original plan of the divine for earth and men and how we have to execute it. So the Rishi of the pole, there is a dialogue between the Rishi and Manu 
and this dialogue is documented by Shurabindu. Documented means not like a documentary that he was hearing and doing it, but he, by, by his intuitive knowledge, by the revelatory capacity and faculty that Shurabindu had, he could travel back in time in the future. He was a Trikal Drishti and surely this is one of the things which he has seen. And he reveals to us a kind of dialogue which takes place between the seer and Manu and what is the advice given to King Manu. So we can take it that it's an advice given to man for moving forward in life. So before we begin, there is a little bit, uh, Shobindo says, um, like a small introduction to this poem. And this poem is written before coming to Pondicherry. King Manu, in the former ages of the world, when the Arctic continent still subsisted. So obviously this is a knowledge which we have lost. When it was, uh, you know, we hear about the Atlantis which has gone and we hear about previous civilizations. So it is one of those. Seeks knowledge from the Rishi of the pole, who after long baffling him with conflicting sidelights of the knowledge, reveals to him what is chiefly, what it chiefly concerns man to know. So conflicting sides of knowledge means if you really read the entire spiritual literature, there will be many conflicting things. For instance, you will hear, Seek God, forget about the world. Then there will be another equally valid truth will say, Find Him in the world, through the world. Then you will also hear, Come back to the world, make this world beautiful. If you shun the world, how are you going to find the divine who is here? So there are many aspects. You will hear that divine is not here, but in higher and higher, higher and higher planes of existence. Ultimately he is there, up there in all his splendor, where his original home is. But you will also hear that his home is here in the heart of man. His home is in the atom. So these are the conflicting sides of knowledge wherein also you will see even in the Upanishads which God should we worship. So some will say fire, others will say breath, air which is the breath of life and you know so on and so forth. Some will say there is nothingness and some will say no this void contains the absolute, the, the one who combines within him the formless and the form. So the knowledge that one finds in the uh, mystic literature in spiritual truths can be either a one-sided formulation when it tends to become a sect or a cult or it is a many-sided splendor. Now, in Hinduism, there is this many-sided approach It and Sri Ramakrishna very beautifully summarized it that if you see an elephant, you will uh, five blind men, whatever they touch, they feel this is the elephant. But mother put in very beautiful uh, simile in a much better way. She said, if there is, you see a kinsuk tree or any tree for that matter in the four seasons, you will describe it very differently. And people will fight over what is the same tree. So there are many sides and aspects of the one divine. So if you go into pure Vedantic philosophy, you are lost. Which one to follow? Even Cain and Isha Upanishad, if you hear, they are just, you know, one of the greatest Upanishads, one of the eight principal Upanishads. It's very difficult because Cain will say, Tadeva Brahman Tambiddi Nedam Yadidam Upasate. This is not Brahman. Brahman is that. If you read the Ish Upanishad, it will say, Atme Vabhut Vijanata. That self has become all these things. So, of course, Shabindra has put them all as different stages of evolution. If you understand, it's fine. But this is one of the problems with um, Indian thought. Very often people say that when we read it, we are pretty confused. We don't know what to follow and what not to follow. 
So sometimes people prefer a single book which tells them a list of do's and don'ts. Now all developed human beings know that life is not about a simple, you know, do's and don'ts. But for very simple mind, not simple but a narrow mind, small mind, it works. You want to know. You see, but how Gita evolves. Arjuna asks Sri Krishna, tell me what to do and what not to do. Sri Krishna doesn't tell him so simply. He takes him through all the sides of knowledge. Even Arjuna similarly says, what are you trying to tell me? You are saying that knowledge is greater than action. Then you are asking me to act. You are saying that, you know, sannyas is very good. Then you are asking me to act. And then every time Sri Krishna has to reveal to him different sides and aspects, ultimately he reconciles them in his Vishwarupa. After that, there is a summary that follows. And at the end, after all this, he says, well, Arjuna... I have finished what I had to say. You follow now what comes to you in your heart. After all this, there is a freedom. So this is Hinduism, a many-sided splendor of the spirit. It's not just this doctrine, that doctrine, this uh, uh, way of life or that way of life. Even when you say Hinduism is a way of life. Yeah, but what is that way of life? There are vegetarian Hindus, there are non-vegetarian Hindus. If you go back to ancient times, there were even meat-eating Hindus. You have the hierarchy of system where you have different kinds of varnas. You have different types. Within India, you will see variety of people. And they're all Hindus. And it's for a reason. It, it makes it so vast, so Catholic. It's wonderful. But some people get lost. So Sri first describes these different sides of knowledge and then what man should know. That's what he's saying. That after taking him through conflicting sidelights of the knowledge, baffling him, reveals to him what it chiefly concerns man to know. So we'll just quickly go through some of this and focus on what chiefly concerns man to know. So that's how we should take our new year resolution. But in the beginning, the Rishi describes, Manu asks him that, you know, tell us about your journey. You know, we ask about, tell us about our journey. So our journey begins with our birth and ends up with our job, career, marriage, children, grandchildren, maybe a house and that's our journey. But the Rishi describes his journey, how he was at one point of time like a king, then he travels further, he seeks him within the plains, the journey, inner journey. How he goes past the sun, the moon, the star, the planets. And discovers the one. It's a fascinating journey. This is the true journey. But if you ask people, people write biographies. And what is the biography generally? I was born and so and so date. Then I grew up. I you know, got married. I did this or whatever. I mean, if they didn't get married. And that's it. But look at this inner journey. So, he's describing that how he was traveling further to discover the origin. So, Manu asks him... Did the gods tell thee? He describes that he met Vishnu lying on the serpent couch. He met Shiva, Brahma. So he asks, Did the gods tell thee? Has Varuna seen the high god's face? And just enjoy these lines. Rishi says, How shall they tell of him who marvel at sin and smile at grief? How shall they tell of him? Remember what Najiketa when Najiketa asked Yama, tell me about him. And he says, you want to know that about him? Where I am a spice in his banquet and you want to know about him from me? You want to tell me about him? Where the sun shines not and is like a dark spot? 
you want to tell about him so he says rishi says how shall they tell tell of him who marvel at sin and smile at grief rishi the angels know him not who fear his frown have fixed belief you can't find god with fixed beliefs if you have fixed him the divine will come to you through that fixed belief oh divine is like this dressed up like this that's how he comes and imagine you know with krishna to we have done really a big uh, i feel big injustice always he has to stand like this you know with one feet crossed <laughs> poor god it's not an easy just try doing it near the samadhi with your toes on one side and this i see it in our nursing home where they have put mother's feet one day statue you know when i wanted to bow down so i saw shrivindu's both feet are in front mother one feet is missing so i was i was panicking <laughs> so i kept on searching searching then finally found one feet is like this you now they have copied from a photograph or whatever according to them but that's not how you make somebody stand forever but so we have you know we put shri krishna like this and then on top of it you know trivakrit so painful you know think about him it's okay once in a while to stand below the kadam tree and beautiful pose but krishna is dancing krishna is joy krishna is ananda krishna is everywhere in everything in every posture so he says angels don't know about him why because angels have fixed belief they bring only uh, one side of god then he says then manu asks is there no heaven of eternal light where he is found and the rishi says the heavens of the three have beings bright their portals round and i have journeyed to those regions blessed those hills renowned of the three is brahma vishnu mahesh in vishnu's house where wide love builds his nest my feet have stood nor brahma do the suns and hills and seas are called the brood I came to Shiva's roof the flitting ghost compelled me in Manu is he then god whom the forsaken seek thinks of sin Rishi he sat on being summit grand a peak immense of fire and then he is where is he then after all this tell me his address where do i find him you are saying it is neither in brahmalok nor in vishnu lok nor in kailasha where do i find him manu the silence calls us then and shall enclose is it that beyond all this there is a silence and there we find him and hear the answer of the rishi our true abode is here and in the pleasant house he chose to harbor god is here you know when mother speaks of a very interesting conversation with pavitrada she says you know people don't understand sometimes truth is too simple and they don't understand so she says that uh, you know it took long time for pavitra to understand he would go out because he could go out of the body and go to regions and say mother where are you where are you suddenly one day he discovered that oh i have found her here so he says now he is happy <laughs> i have found her here so manu says in vain thou hast travelled the unwanted stars and the void has trod what was all this journey about at the end when you had to find find him here rishi king not in vain i knew the tedious bars that i had fled 
to be his arms whom i have sought he said no they are also his arms they are not in vain i have i saw how earth was made out of his being i perceived the law the truth the vast from which we came and which we are i heard the ages past so then because he has said he is here so manu asks is earth his seat this body his poor hold in firmly made now the conflicting side of knowledge rishi i flung off matter like a rope grown old matter was dead <laughs> look at this <laughs> manu sages have told of vital force behind is it it is god then rishi the vital spirits move but as a wind within men manu mind then is lord that like a sovereign sway is delight and pain rishi mind is his wax to write and written raise form and name so you know we have uh, same thing in one of the upanishads where um, it is described that matter as brahman pranam brahmeti mano brahmeti and going further and further he says no none of this manu is thought not he who has immortalized time cannot dim rishi higher o king the still voice bade me rise then thoughts clear dream he dwells within us all who dwells not in aught that is and then he gives a very powerful truth manu says manu asks him rishi thy thoughts are like the blazing sun i cannot face what are you really trying to tell me don't confuse me with all this this is a long poem i have you know cut off some portion how shall our souls on that bright awful one hope even to gaze who lights the world from his eternity with a few rays what are you really trying to tell us how can we gaze at him who lights up the whole world with a few rays is a line in savitri the whole wide world was lit by a single ray of our sun this world is lit up by a ray of our sun how are we to set our eyes and behold so rishi says dare on thyself to look thyself art he o aryan then whom are you trying to find but again you see it can be understood wrongly and understood rightly says thou art he there is no thou nor i beast of the field nor birds nor men but flickerings on a many sided shield pass or remain and this is winged and that with poisonous tongue hissing coils we love ourselves and hate ourselves are wrung with woes and toils to slay ourselves or from ourselves to win shadowy spoils shadows upon the many sided mind arrive and go shadows that shadows see the vain pomp wind above below while in their hearts the single mighty god whom none can know we are playing with shadows this is me this is you this is somebody else this is mine that is yours and we are constantly there is a shadow play going on so quite naturally manu asks is life then vain <laughs> we are playing all with shadows is it all illusion our gorgeous youth lithe and tall our sweet fair women with their tender eyes outshining stars the mighty meditations of the wise the grandiose stars wars the blood the fiery strife the cleansed dead hands the circle spars the various labor in a hundred lands are all these shows to please some audience cold 
as in a vase lily and rose look the way shrivindo brings from wars with bloodshed and dead hands to a lily and rose all perishable goods so what is all this the virtuous man made one with the unjust is this our lot he is beyond sin and virtue so what is it so rishi says o king sight is not vain nor any sound weeds that float upon a pedal and the majestic round of the suns are thoughts eternal what man loves to lord and what he shuns through glorious things and base the wheel of god forever runs o king no thought is vain our very dreams substantial are the light we see in fancy yonder gleams in the star so now what he is trying to tell him that no these are the ways that the manifestation takes place this this is the beauty which is often missed in indian thought is not just the god within because it can be very confusing there is god one he is beyond sin and evil he is beyond good and evil he is beyond pleasure and pain so what does it mean all is same no it is about the manifestation that is all the time unfolding so even in manifestation even the slightest thought and see the marvel of this one little phrase often i wondered see in a whole day when we look at a day how do we describe a day we describe it like i woke up i met this person i ate this food we are most of the time describing outwardly have you noticed that an odd moment we suddenly had the urge oh lord get me rid of this oh lord i aspire for this now we forget about it but that is the moment tuck it's dotted why that moment came because of something which was going on outside maybe even without that but these are god moments windows which have opened upon us and they have all even the slightest passing thought one may not succeed it doesn't matter but it has gone and it is going to build up the day when the great apocalypse will take place there is a very beautiful way mother describes she says that often aspiration is like a hunter who is shooting in the dark so she gives this story that a hunter at night was shooting in the dark he can't see like we don't know where god is trying sit for meditation aspiration few days write savitri few days pray few days but nothing so what happens ultimately now all these little efforts are counted they are building up something and she gives this example two examples she says the hunter tried to shoot arrows but nothing happened then he gave up and he sat down he says nothing happens <laughs> so when he woke up in the morning the whole field was strewn with all the kills he didn't realize that he's actually shooting when you're shooting little 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 it's counting up another example she says when people uh, somebody asked her that revelation is ultimately one moment a moment that god chooses so what happens what do you do at that moment she says no it's not that moment it's building up inside small little effort small little effort one day one day one day some day you sat in ashram meditated other day you didn't go and you were thinking oh, i wish i wish i wish i could go even that is counted <laughs> okay <laughs> one day you are far and you wish i wish i could be there that is also counted so it all builds up and one day it reaches a point she gives the example of the chick in the egg that you are ready now that ready point is one point one moment and suddenly there is a peck and there is a revelation it is described beautifully in a story where a 
Tantric is doing puja to please Kali. And he comes, it's a very difficult puja. And uh, there is a man who is curious and he says, what is he doing, you know? So he goes and watches him quietly. He is very fascinated, but he's afraid. Huh? So he watches him like this. One day, suddenly it happens that there is suddenly a lion who comes. It's in the forest and he's doing the meditation. And suddenly a lion comes and this man is afraid and runs for his life. And the tiger after him or the lion after him. Now this man says, I have my chance. I feel very curious what it feels like sitting on this asan. So just to get a feel, he goes and sits. And suddenly Mother Kali appears. So he doesn't know. He says, Ma, surely I know you can't make a mistake, but this, I am not that man. There's <laughs> a question of mixed identities. She said, thundered, I know, I know. You don't know. What is it I don't know? You know, you had done this tapasya in the last life. And in this life, only a little bit was left, which you completed just by watching the man. And this last moment, this was the moment of your destiny. You already had accumulated everything. It just needed that little moment. What about him? He is postponed for next life now. <laughs> he has also completed this much. So this looks like sudden, unexpected. Why this person? Why not that? But it's because all these things get accumulated. So when it is said that you know the soul carries the karma... You know, the real thing is karma or no karma, that is different. But every Godward effort is carried and is never in vain. That's how Shrivindu says. He says that some people who start over eagerly on this journey, they don't go very far. This is synthesis. He speaks of self-consecration in the beginning. And they move up to a point and they fail. But he says it's not yet a failure. Because this that they have done sets the stamp and puts the seal. And when they come back, they will complete it very fast. And then he puts it, no Godward effort is ever in vain. And that's why the mother says, who is the superman? She made a very broad definition for everybody's comfort, but it's very true. Every effort at self-mastery. Whoever is trying to do that is a superman. So one is leading life as it is human way. But every effort, you may not succeed. That's not the point. The divine knows that you cannot succeed. But he also knows at least Bacha Trikia. So it is written in his book, Tried. So there are several columns. Tried, failed. <laughs> Tried, failed. One day suddenly you didn't try and you succeeded and you wonder how this happened. This was asked to mother. Otherwise, does it happen? And this there in one of our prayers, we'll read one of the days. She said this happens. Sometimes we have done effort for a long time and then we are when we don't put any effort, we are in a relaxed state. And during that time, the downpour comes. So the divine doesn't follow our human logic and not a single little effort, single little aspiration, single little feeling, single little thought that has gone towards him goes in vain. So this is the teaching is given. He is being given. So then, Manu asks, Rishi, are we both dreams and real? The near even as the far, again, you know. Like, what are you trying to say? On one side, you say shadows, shadows, shadows. Then you say, no, no, everything that happens in the shadow has a meaning. So, what are you really trying to say, Rishi? Dreams are we not, O king, but see dreams. 
fear, therefore, and strive. Like poets in a wondrous world of thought, always we live, who shapes from out ourselves to being brought, abide, and thrive. The poet from his vast and laboring mind brings brilliant out a living world. Forth into space the wind, the shining rout, and hate and love and laugh and weep and joy, fight and shout, king, lord and beggar, tender girl and boy, foemen, friends, so to his creatures, God's poetic mind, his substance lends. So he says, every little effort that you do in the shadow, there also something of his is there. And ultimately, all these things are preparing us for that grand disclosure. Because first we dream. So when we dream, already first step we have taken. So people often say, I want to first you know, see God, then I will believe. So it's like putting the cart before the horse. So you start by dream, imagination, faith, doesn't matter. And one day this tends to realize. It gives us the secret. Means whatever we are secretly cherishing, that's what one day will come into our life. And when nature brings it before us, we say, why? I didn't dream of snakes. No, you did. No, no, I didn't dream. I dreamt of being high on the ladder of hierarchy of you know human beings. Huh? That's the snake. <laughs> I'll show you that's the snake. So this is how because that secret truth is brought out and shown to us. The dreams of God are truths and he prevails. Then all his time cherish thyself, O king, and cherish men anchored in him. Hear then the truth. Behind this physical, visible world, the ice sea plain, another stands, and in its folds are curled our waking dreams. Dream is more real, which, while here we wake, unreal seems. So these moments are the ones which try to precipitate upon us. So the dream world is a very important world. That's why repeatedly it is said, if you read any doctrine, Buddhist doctrine or the mother speaks about it, says, watch over your thoughts. Normally we have moral lessons, do this, don't do this. Watch over your thoughts. Because as are your thoughts, so will your physical manifestation take place. So important thing is the thought behind rather than the act itself. Act is the last little end point so he speaks of these three worlds the waking world behind which is the dream world and behind which is the sushupti so the whole creation starts from there so how it starts is that there is this super conscious sleep of God it's only something from him that can ever manifest there is nothing like something other than him but what happens as it enters into the dream world it gets modified only few things are taken up and as it passes through different layers of the dream, there is a little bit of distortion. We have spoken about it earlier also that the, you know, the owner of a plot wants to build a house and has a dream. But each person who is, uh, you know, involved in the process slightly distorts it. And the mother has explained it very well for matures. So same way when it comes to man, the human mind distorts it further. Why? Because we are born with a Already corrupt file. Now corrupt file also carries a purpose. Everything. Because we are not ready for that grandeur. So ignorance comes. And gives us a different little twist. So that's how shadows come. Take for example. Mother gives a very beautiful example in, uh, in um, Agenda. 
she says that imagine somebody is a megalomaniac you know what is a megalomaniac who just thinks i am you know i am the king of the world <laughs> so ravana but more decent way to say ravana and in his life obviously he won't find anything because there is no substance nothing and at the end uh, he'll be either end up in a you know lunatic asylum or whatever people will call him crazy but she says it only means that in this life he was not given to realize anything so next life suddenly you will find that this man is endowed with things which suit a you know like saddam hussein or people like that so this is how the journey goes and then he re- realizes uh, with all my castle and splendor i die in a hole during which time probably the only time he was really remembering god maybe all the gods on earth you know so because he is in a hole so now that is carried forward so slowly in this journey we are getting ready for the grand disclosure why not immediately because our eyes cannot behold so this is how from pragya superconscious sleep the hiranyagarbha takes a portion which must manifest that's the world soul it takes up in the world consciousness what must manifest comes down down the ladder enters into the human mind further distorted and then we have a life but that's why in yoga it is said that always try to align to the divine will now that is the secret what really is god's thought within us but we start on a wrong footing parents and society so the world is largely under the influence of falsehood now that's a whole uh, wide way to look at it but essentially it gets distorted diminished and eventually becomes a shadow but this shadow is contains within it something real even when you imagine something you can't imagine something that doesn't exist it exists somewhere and first it enters the imagination of the race and it is bearing even for the future now you see a lot of people are imagining a new species a new race a new kind of being it has already entered the imaginative mind of the race it doesn't matter whether it's true or false or whatever they are creating but this idea that human life can be prolonged the idea that death can be conquered the idea that a new species will come all this is how from the dream world it has entered into the human mind and then slowly the human mind will find a way express it on earth initially it will be distorted then it will keep on going further and further till one day the new species will come that's what happened with man see the monkey curious brain curious brain wanting to know wanting to know everything monkey wants to know and that's why it's so dangerous to be near monkey because you see in um, <laughs> yeah he will i mean in mathura i have seen it no i was telling that day that uh, somebody who told us that please keep your goggles in your pockets because otherwise the monkey will take it away he is the one who cautioned us no mobile and no this thing was monkey is very fond of mobiles and the glasses for whatever reason he cautioned us we went on a boat on yamuna drive came back he is he has lenses glasses so he forgot to keep it in the pocket <laughs> and before one could realize the monkey had taken it and then to bring it from the monkeys also there is a process and a technique you buy fruity and you show to the monkey and then the monkey has to make a choice <laughs> glasses or fruity so eventually he drops the glass and jumps to the fruity and the same thing the monkey did unfortunately below there was a nalla so nobody imagine that he will drop it into the nalla from where you can't find it 
So you see what is happening to a monkey is very curious. He cannot use the glasses. But he is curious. There is something new. Mobile. Something new. And that's how you see the curiosity in the monkey leads to the birth of first human being who tries with the plays with rocks and makes fire. Then that same curiosity goes right up to man seeking where is my origin? Who is God? So what we see involved in a monkey is evolved in human being but goes through several levels after which a human being with a true seeking is born. So same thing, same way we will see the next phase. So he says, finally, what is our origin? He stands behind the world of sleep. He is and shall remain when they grow blind to individual joys, for even these are shadows, king, and gloriously into that luster seas from which they sprang. We are but sparks of that most perfect fire, waves of that sea. This is the first realization he says we must have. What is our true identity? Sparks of that fire. This is the psychic being in man. From him we come, to him we go. Desire eternally. And so long as he wills, our separate birth is and shall be. So it is he who, the soul chooses the ignorance and the soul chooses its moment of freedom. I mean this is the widest possible truth that the human mind can comprehend. So even our efforts are all decided in a whole series of uh, cause and effect. And therefore he gives us this great truth, shrink not from life, O Aryan, but with mirth and joy receive. See, there is a place where Satyavan is described in Savitri, where Savitri says he was made like her, with God and nature one. And then it is described that he received all things from nature as from God. Matlab, he was not shrinking from anything. At the same time, when it went, he let it go. Our problem is we don't receive. We want to possess by the power of desire. And hence we lose. Or when we receive, we think it is my own and we don't let it go. So this is where he says, shrink not from life. But with mirth and joy receive his good and evil, sin and virtue, till he bids thee leave. One has to take a deep breath, no? What is, what a white truth. We think we are very important, that we are, you know, deciding, we are, but a time comes when through all this the journey goes on and when we are, you know, it's like very simple. That story I have often told of Vibhishna becoming a vegetarian. So Vibhishna comes to Ayodhya along with Lord Rama and everybody says that Ayodhya has no non-veg restaurants and he is a pakka non-vegetarian because he is in Rakshasa. So you are doing a mistake. So Rama says, doesn't matter. You people go. And he eats a rabbit and he enjoys it. And the monkeys complain and Rama says, keep quiet. And the next time he eats the rabbit, he vomits. And the third time he feels sick. So divine, within nature, there is an inbuilt plan. What we call as pain. It comes precisely for this. To remind us that the joy you are experiencing is inadequate. That you think it's a picture perfect, it's not a picture perfect. So it's not a spoil sport. 
that little picture of pleasure was also god and that demolition of that little picture is also god this is the step through which we move so that's what he is reminding us of course we have a choice to remember his words and say this don't get too attached <laughs> this is not picture perfect this is just a picture and receive it and grow through it but in any case it is inbuilt programmed but while thou livest perfectly fulfill thy part conceive earth as thy stage thyself the actor strong the drama his so play your part play it very well don't try to shrink but know that this is a role given to me at this point of time when the role is over contract is over then go behind take a deep breath and ask the director what next he may say okay you have done a good villainy <laughs> now be the hero and to the hero he may say though you were a hero you had no challenge become the villain that's how it goes so we have this tendency to look at life in very uh, you know thin slot and uh, shubhendra describes that in one of his poems what is this talk of slayer and the slain and he says after the drama is over they both go behind and fill their ears deep lunged relief that ah so how was it your role and the villain says it was good thoda jyada punch maar diya you hit me oh i am so sorry you know i hope i didn't hurt you much actually they talk like this you know outside you see and you are getting your blood is boiling but their blood is not boiling <laughs> after the whole thing the hero asks bhaiya chot to jyada nahi laga tha i hope i didn't you know trouble you much no 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 you were very nice very much in time so how did it go oh very nice the role played to perfection what is the role played to perfection of the villain that you feel angry at him <laughs> played to perfection that's how you see they, they in real life pran was a villain almost all his life except a couple of movies but he was one of the most virtuous man i mean he wouldn't smoke he was known as the most one of the most dignified men in the film industry and yet he played the roles of villain and all this almost most of the time so we must understand this role is not a this thing that we should play the role of a villain but whatever the role sometimes in life we are put in certain roles we don't want to play that role but we are put there and then we must know that it's a role which has come and it'll pass away haven't it happened that sometimes you wish that you know you hadn't been the cause of hurt to somebody and yet it led to hurt isn't it all sensitive people with a little satvik nature experience this it's the most miserable thing to experience in life you didn't want to hurt and yet something which you didn't do to hurt yet it hurt so what do you do it's strange you look at it impersonally you can understand this an experience you became just an instrument but this not an instrument you would ever want to be and yet the divine used you for a certain purpose for certain experience at the same time not only to you but to many persons simultaneously so this is how he acts and so know that this drama is his so keep referring to the divine all that happens work but the fruits to god alone belong who only is you may do your best and yet you may not get what you have ever wanted doesn't matter your effort has gone it is there in his safe keeping only thing is it's not like a some people believe in short term gains monthly income scheme and other put on a long term deposit so you divine as dono khata
those who have monthly income scheme at the end they say what is my account he says your account is the same which you put it hasn't grown no i was giving you simultaneously you forgot it's all finished another person he says you have huge money in your account is it yes because i didn't give you as per our contract i gave you in one go so this is how life is so he says work but the fruits to god alone belong who only is work love and know so shall thy spirit win immortal bliss not by running away from the world not by escape work love and know so whom should we love love men love god fear not to love o king fear not to enjoy this is too vast for human nature <laughs> you know there is a later on philosophy where you know joy is banned and to be happy is regarded as sin no oh, he is too happy he is smiling he is laughing so much you know one of the stories of one of the students here who himself recounted me uh, he had an urges of uncontrollable laughter and he says i couldn't help it so once he laughed and laughed and laughed around the samadhi area so the complaint went to mother so people told now you know your complaint is gone to mother people have painted mother as somebody you know you must be afraid but she is all love so after that he is waiting next day what is going to happen so ravindra ji comes back and says you know somebody complained about you to the mother yes ravindra ji you know what he she said yes ravindra ji mother said tell him to laugh even more loudly <laughs> <laughs> because somebody had complained he can't meditate because of his laughter <laughs> oh is it tell him to laugh even more loudly this is a first person account i am telling you again it should not be understood that come let us laugh in front of <laughs> that's not the idea the idea is that this idea that you know we should not be happy when we are going to god we should be serious grim on the contrary imagine you are going to the all delightful how can you not be happy how can you go with a solemn and you know uh, sunk face that lord i have come you know i have left behind so many joys you know he'll say go back first to learn to enjoy come back you are not fit for my company <laughs> i am all blissful see when dilip kumar roy told him no you used to get these fits of asceticism and he said lord i know i can't control my vital i have decided i'll take to sanyasa i will wear rocker robe so he gave a six point program i'll wear rocker robe i am going to do mundan no hairs because i look very smart and beautiful with the hairs so people are drawn towards me so i'll do sanyasa and i will sleep without mosquito net no luxury so and this that i will eat once a day and things like that he said what do you say about my proposal guru so shravind says i'm most horrified to imagine dilip coming in ochre robe and with bald head strewn with mosquito bites all red and shrunk like a little you know bony figure because he's not eating and drinking he says i will be horrified what are you planning this is cancelled <laughs> look at the lord you know it's these things are have their place if the vital is very much indulgent yes sit tight on the impulses 
but don't make a dogma out of it some people make a dogma out of it for everything for all times that is not the way to god that if i don't eat this don't do this therefore i'll find god no most important is what is my aspiration if the aspiration is there then even while you are eating rasgulla you can find him that's the whole idea but if you are all the time wanting rasgulla and that's not the path i mean there's a subtle line like nishikanto again the same story diabetic who would carry rasgullas to lake and keep eating and writing poetry get get visions he could eat anything that you gave him and he had lot of illnesses and he would tell god has made me a laboratory of illness laugh at it and when this complaint went to mother mother said so nishikanto you are eating i believe lot of rasgullas yes mother so aren't you afraid you have diabetes mother i am mahakali's child should i be afraid okay go now again to somebody else who will say mother but you know diabetes doesn't happen because of this she will say no you stop it and better take the doctor's advice she could see that here is a man who lives by you know by her touch so it is the inner state which is important which is what is being told to us if we are shrunk we are afraid full of fear fear of everything how will we find him who takes the world as his you know banquet and takes it all inside so this fear which is unworthy of an aryan that's what we see in the gita gita also starts like that arjuna you are afraid of this afraid of that afraid of this what is it that you are not afraid of and this is how we see the whole gita starts by shri krishna chastising him about fears so work love and know so shall thy spirit win immortal bliss love men love god fear not to love o king fear not to enjoy of course we can enjoy like an animal like an asura like a human or like a god this where the difference lies <laughs> so <laughs> for death's a passage grief a fancied thing fools to annoy so people who are afraid of death afraid of death this may happen that may happen that's why sometimes you know people ask corona ke bare mein aapka kya khayal hai what are your views about corona so i tell them i have no views why no views because i don't know anything about corona <laughs> what do you mean i mean why this obsession with an illness with a fear of this fear of that and you want to find god first he will say first get rid of fear it's not about taking or not taking a precaution or vaccine that's not relevant but to be all the time f- obsessed with something which it's morbid if you want go take it and forget about it that should be the end of the story but death's a passage grief a fancied thing fools to annoy from self escape and find in love alone a higher joy so what is this self the small self anything that keeps us tied to the ego is not good so fear even sin i may just you know go into perdition all this you are thinking about yourself even my moksha my sadhana my yoga whereas when you love you expand you come out so love men love god love creation so then manu asked that tell me a final word what should i do finally <laughs> this is still little incomplete so rishi tells him and this is the take home point for us finally the new year what is the hindu new year this is the hindu teaching of the highest kind 
which we have forgotten in all this, you know, hundreds of branches, ramifications. This is the highest teaching which the Rishi gives him. Seek him upon the earth. This is not Hindu teaching that, you know, let me look for moksha and be afraid. This is never ever the mainstream Hindu teaching. Never ever the mainstream Hindu teaching. If you look into the ancient Aryan history, what brave and courageous these people were. For them, death didn't exist. It was a plaything. Look at Abhimanyu and, you know, I mean, I'm amazed at that boy who says that doesn't matter, I'll go into Chakraview and see. You see, this is the ancient Hindu teaching. Look at Sri Krishna telling Arjuna, what are you doing? You are afraid, suddenly you want to run away for moksha, but basically you are afraid, isn't it? Though he has clothed in words that my the women will be spoiled, this will happen, that will happen. This fear is never there in the ancient Hindu teaching, fear of world, fear of God, fear of people, fear of this act, so therefore, fear of birth, so therefore, go into moksha. So first thing he tells him, seek him upon the earth. For thee he set in the huge press of many worlds to build a mighty state for man's success who seeks his goal. So all this is the material given to you to discover him. And through every bit of experience you can discover him. See, sometimes you are sitting, you go to a temple and your eyes are on Uska bahu agai hai. Have you heard this conversation? I've heard it quite. Isn't it? <laughs> See, this fellow is becoming acting so pious. I know what he does. And then there will be another conversation where all kinds of things. See, he doesn't even know how to do a agarbatti and a puja. All kinds of things you will hear. But at the same time, you are suddenly sitting, standing before a image and for you Hanuman becomes real. Why? Because you see people throwing 1 rupee, 10 rupee coin and you think my God they put him in cage and they are throwing money at him. If suddenly Hanuman gets awake, I had this experience at least. Small little like a cage, you know, you have to cage so that you can, as if he'll run away. So, you know, <laughs> so, don't touch, don't touch. So, you know, like you don't touch. So, and then, you know, people throw money, like because you can't go near and they want the, to throw the money so that it falls right onto him. <laughs> right up, it must touch, the coin must touch him so that he will note it, okay, this man threw this much. So, I remember standing before that murti and I said, I am so sorry for this human race. <laughs> Literally, I prayed. I said, what are they doing? As a child, 15. I said, what are they doing? Anyways... You are very generous and kind. Forgive like Christ. Forgive them for they know not what they are doing. And then I, it was my feeling that he smiled. Of course he. Yeah, I am suffering, you know, like this. Sometimes you go to and see Ganesh Ji and you feel bad for the misery when you hear the kind of music around. Make it like a living thing. He likes it. Like, you know, Shurabindu's, then when I read Shurabindu's poem, uh, story, a dream, then I realized, yes, yes, I was on the right track. When suddenly he says, if Keshta comes, I am going to tie his hands and beat him up. <laughs> and Krishna comes, you are the only one who have treated me like a living person. Otherwise, they all put me on a pedestal, put all the malas, burden, all this. 
यू कॉल्ड मी लाइक अ रियल लिविंग एंटिटी आई एम हियर टाइम आई हैंड्स एंड बीट मी अप आई लव टू प्ले दिस गेम ऑफ रियल रियल सो सी दिस अप्रोच इट शुड बी दिस फियर ऑफ एवरीथिंग दिस श्रिंकिंग फ्रॉम एवरीथिंग दैट मस्ट गो अवे सो he says all this i have created that motion sometime looking at the landscape looking at the sea suddenly you are lost in that wideness vastness and the whole universe becomes the temple ground of the divine perfect thy human might by becoming durbal and weak we can't find god perfect thy human might how does we do we perfect it by challenges of life physical challenges means you grow in the body psychological challenges you grow in your mind emotional challenges every heartbreak you should come back ah, i have a stronger generous wider heart now my heart is strong and soft not strong of a that asuric kind no oh, love is all bad no love is true i don't know how to love and it becomes strong and soft it learns how to love so every time the world crashes down it's an occasion to rise with wider wings and so he says perfect thy human might perfect the race for thou art he o king only the night is on thy soul that is the ignorance where do we i find him ultimately in my being so why don't we find just because ignorance what is ignorance i am dr so and so and you are mr so and so i am superior you know so much studied you are just an ordinary person <laughs> beggar comes on the house and you say oh beggar you see people you know is a very beautiful everything can become a disclosure every day sight when i look from my bathroom window i see these uh, gypsies you know they are lying on the floor i don't know whether you have seen or not and it's a sight to wonder once even a poem i had written on this narayana who is homeless and like a beggar he is on the road so when you see and you feel that god has concealed himself in this way also it's amazing and everything can become a disclosure so when you look at life and creation in this way so then we grow in wideness then we grow in love then we grow in might then we grow in knowledge so it is this ignorance that i am this little small little things what can i do after all see and the worst is when we complain and say god made me so weak okay god made you weak whatever it is but you can grow strong no facing the challenge of the world at least grow strong so we can and the says that you know at least you believe in yourself if you don't believe in god you don't believe in destiny believe in yourself if you don't believe in yourself if you are afraid and he says one of the attributes of brahman is that it is not afraid he says at least you believe in that this is the minimum and face life with the challenge what may happen you may not succeed it's okay better to face and not succeed than to give up and fail because giving up is anyways failure so he says remove it only the night is on thy soul by thy own will you have chosen to be in this ignorance you have hypnotized yourself and everywhere on your visiting card on your dealing everywhere you are living with this idea that i am this limited little uh, animal cules which have come together and created man you know we read in textbooks man is a social animal i don't know whether they teach it now or not so, 
still they did so this is how i had grown up so i asked one day i said this is very shocking so teacher said why i said am i an animal i don't believe i am an animal <laughs> i didn't know that time that i can say i am a god inside <laughs> but i am an animal this is what we are taught so what do you expect an animal to be so this is how we grow up but actually what is the great aryan teaching is that we are god in a human body and this body too which is a temple of the lord can become divine this is what shirobindo brings something beautiful remove it and recover the serene whole the what indeed then raise up man the lover to god the goal goal so this is the path the path of love works and knowledge and not the path of shrinking of fear finding him elsewhere to seek him upon earth to seek him within to take the challenges of life and grow in might grow in wisdom grow in love till one day when we have gone through all this we lift the whole thing to god that's what in savitri after we have served this great divided world god's bliss and oneness are our inborn right namaste